You're listening to I Said What I Said, a sports podcast bringing you opinions not heard anywhere else. We cover everything in the world of football, basketball, and gambling. Now, stepping up to the mic, your hosts, Brad Wakai and Tyson Gentry. Welcome to I Said What I Said, a sports podcast giving you opinions not heard anywhere else. I'm your host, Brad Wakai, alongside my co-host, Tyson Gentry. Tyson, first of all, this is an emergency podcast, basically. Now, you were sick, so we couldn't quite get out in an emergency fashion, but we got a lot to talk about because Nick Saban has retired from the University of Alabama. He's no longer going to be the head coach. Just one more time, just so we can all hear it again. That's It's so crazy right now. And first off, right off top, sorry to all the YouTube people for my glasses. I'm sick. There's a winter weather advisory. It's dry. I can't wear my contacts. Um, yeah, dude, Nick Saban being out is, like, at the same time, it was always inevitable. Like, we knew it was coming. But it's also, like, you're still pinching yourself because this is the greatest, you know, uh, we were talking, do, should we do his legacy? And it's like, no, everyone knows. This is the best to ever do it. It's not uh, particularly close. But he built essentially two programs, right? Like he brought LSU to national relevance in the early 2000s with the national championship there. Uh, they sustained that success, right? And then obviously uh, six times that at Alabama and kind of built Georgia with the Kirby Smart Iron, kind of built a lot of these other schools around the SEC. So everybody's asking who's taking over, but let's just stop for a second. Uh, and just think about what next year is going to be like without Nick Saban on the sideline. Uh, it just feels weird that he's not going to be there because when we go through our preseason and next week, for those who are listening and consume our content, we're going to be doing a way too early look ahead at the new college football season. You know, we got transfer portal stuff still to go. Now Saban, who's going to be backing out. So we'll talk about this, what it means for Bama here pretty soon and who the next coach is going to be. But like you said, with without him on the sideline, without the prospect of Nick Saban coaching an Alabama team, with all that talent, they were just recruited the second best uh, class in the 2024 recruiting class, according to 24-7. So it's not like the guy was losing his fastball, you know, like it's the end of, you know, Mac Brown at Texas or a couple of these legends, Bobby Bowden at Florida State, where, you know, they weren't really hitting the recruiting trail hard. Like, this was a machine down there, Tyson. Not like, only that, did you see the report that of what his day entailed yesterday, how he was doing assistant coach meetings until 3.55 p.m., retirement no. announcement at 4? <laughs> This dude's a a monster. You said it. We're not going to go into his legacy, but I think if you look around college football and just the impact that he's had, I think, and maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but under his watch since he's taken over the reign, college football popularity has exploded in this country. And people hate juggernauts and people hate villains, but every time there's a villain in sports, it feels like the ratings go up. Right. And Alabama for the longest time was that villain that you love to hate. And Nick Saban, he's a grouchy guy and he's crabby and, you know, he he won. So it was easy to hate him. I'm going to miss Nick Saban on the sideline. I respect Nick Saban. I respect Alabama. I know a lot of people just it was an easy it was low hanging fruit to hate him and to hate what they built there and to do what he did in the most competitive conference with absolutely insane boosters, crazed fans and that have the domination that he had over that conference for as long as he did is so impressive. And I think you can see the trickle down, like you said, the Georgia. I mean, we're talking about Oregon now who's recruiting at a high level. Uh, that's a direct guy from Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning coming off of his tree. Like just go through different programs on the country. Nick Saban has an influence on basically all of it now in the modern day college football era. 
oh, speaking of Brent's going to be on college football for like the next hundred years. Like we're going to be looking back and it's, it's going to be that Mike Holmgren tree, but maybe a forest at this point uh, for everybody. And the worst part to me, Brad, is, is this the end of the college football coaching rehab where he would just host a burnout or a flame out or Lane Kiffin, a Steve Sarkeesian, uh, take your pick of names. And then two years later, they're coaching like high level college football teams. Probably. I mean, cause what other place would you rather you go? Right? Like, right. Like Georgia. I, I don't know. I mean, Kirby's a, a great recruiter, a, a great defensive coach, but like Nick had his hands on everything that was involved in that program. Like, yeah, he had his offensive coordinators and you can do your thing and, you know, you're running it, but you better you better know Nick's going to be coming in those meetings if he thinks something smells a little bit different there. And that's that's the thing about Nick Saban. Like, he just – basically with Belichick, right, and, you know, this is a college football podcast. We won't touch on that. But the guys just knew so much about the sport, so much about the game itself, that he could jump into the different rooms. And how many times we talked about, Tyson, all these Alabama defensive backs look so great in college, and they get to the NFL, and they're not getting coached by Nick Saban, and you're like – Ah, okay. Maybe Nick Saban does know what he's doing. And they went through a million assistant coaches uh, over his tenure, especially like the last couple of years. Like Kevin Steele was there at the beginning, and then he's there at the end, and there's 15 people uh, in between his tenures. It's just, um, I think one thing to caution is like next year, if they win the national championship or if they win one within the next four years, don't jump over head over heels because this was uh, the new guy. The, the, these are it's like when Les Miles won in two thousand three mm. or seven with, with with Saban's recruiting class. It's like yeah, that's awesome. But can you coach? Can you recruit uh, here? Granted, you know when there's a trillion dollars in the NIL fund and your endowment and everything, it's going to make things a little bit easier for these guys. Um, but how long until it's Saban Field at Bryant Denny Stadium? Oh man, it's got to be soon. That's right? tough. You know, it's got to be like seventy two. You got to get it done. You know relatively quickly well you can still yeah, move I mean, around he looks great though i will say like when people you say 72 you're like man i, I wouldn't have put pictured that with nick you know I mean, he looks good still who wins a fight nick saban or Pete carroll is that okay to ask uh, are we gonna get like removed well, no i think people do that i mean what you, you had the nc state coach saying he was gonna fight steve smith That's true. That? that was hilarious so, uh I, so here's the thing i think pete might have more energy like he may bob and weave a little nick's bit he's gonna fight him yeah, Nick's dirty. I feel like I feel like he'd be he he'd take it to the ground, you know. He, oh, he'd bite him. He'd make a couple phone calls and some uh, Alabama, you know, rug salesman would show up and clean up the entire uh, apartment. Let me see if we can get a tail of the tape here too. But <laughs> what, <laughs> I'm trying to get some height on Pete Carroll if that's even possible. But I think so. This is what I think. Pete's going to take over Lee Corso. I'm sorry, Nick Saban's going to take over Lee Corso's job at, on game day. Like that just feels like a perfect match, no? Well, make game day about college football again. That'd be, yeah. you know, the number one thing that would come out of that. I think that'd be good for everybody. I, you know, I have, I envision him getting an office in some building in Tuscaloosa, whatever one he wants, and essentially, uh, you know, working in air quotes at some new position. But he's still like this guy. He's not just going away, man. Like he's, he's addicted to football. He's always going to be addicted to football. Pete Carroll five eleven, Nick Saban five six. So we're we're looking at major reach advantage for Pete. It's huge. It's going to be really tough if Nick wants to combat that. But he's you know he's scrouchy or uh, I don't know he's grouchy scrappy. and he's scrappy. Yeah, that's what I was going for there. But uh, dude, I mean, what you're gonna <laughs> Pete Carroll's gonna just sprawl when Nick goes digging? I don't think so, dude. We're getting a suplex. 
Yeah, well, I was going to ask, is it a UFC fight or is it a boxing fight? <laughs> I feel like that's what changes the, the, the equation a little bit here. I don't think either one of those guys want to box. I think both of them are too pure. They want they want the real fight, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, if it happens, one of those celebrity boxing matches, you know, Nick and Pete, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But um, what does this mean for Alabama, right? And we, we alluded to it a little bit, and Tyson said, you know, if the when the new guy comes in, we'll, we'll discuss who we think that might be next, some of the hot names here soon uh, that could be rumored here. What does this mean for Alabama, though, without Nick Saban on that sideline? Because whoever takes that job is going to be in the shadow of Nick. If things don't go well, it's going to be a tough thing to sell. Like, no, I, I know what we're doing here. Because he's it's Alabama. Like, Nick Saban was getting pressure when they didn't win the SEC championship. Bro, they lost like 50. 30 games in, in 100 years. Uh, like, I this is, to me, yes, it's a great job. It's an incredible place to, to coach. It's a factory. You can get talent. It's Alabama. It's back. It's it's. The allure of Bama is still going to be there now that Nick Saban brought it back. But if something goes wrong, I mean, like the boosters are crazy. Nick Saban at least had enough cachet and knew what he was doing that he could stymie some of that. I, I'm curious to know what they do here. And Tyson, in the immediate term, I will say, and I'll, I'll throw it to you, we already had a decommitment in 2024 class. Some people in 2025 are starting to look elsewhere. All the players who signed their national letter of intent, because Saban retired, they can get out of that. So this may be a wild west. So we may be looking at a team who had the number two overall rated class court in 24-7 sports in 2024. They could be dropping down now. I don't want to say out of the top 10. I think they're still going to retain quite a bit of talent. But we could be looking at a depleted class coming in for the first-year guy. And one thing to you know obviously monitor, I think they get a month. They get 30 days to hit the transfer portal uh, and make a decision if you're on that roster right now. Um, and then, obviously, whoever takes the job, that team will then get a month to hop in the transfer portal and uh, potentially follow the guy to Alabama or go somewhere else, um, probably in the Northwest, if these rumors are to be believed. But uh, I think what it means for Alabama is, like you mentioned, you know, coaches not wanting the job because – the expectation is going to be a little bit too high, and it is. But I think you're underestimating a little bit the amount of college football coaches that are in it uh, to win versus the amount of college football coaches that are like, yo, if I get a $100 million contract and I go 10-2 and two, three years in a row, I get canned, and I get $70 million to not coach at that, at that school. I can go wherever I want. I think that's you know something for the Alabama boosters and uh, AD and all those guys. That's like – you're not as far away from being Texas A&M as, you know, you were 24 hours ago. Let's just put it that way. I'm not saying they're going to fall off, but like Tom Osborne's Nebraska team, right? Or uh, we, we saw this, like, it happens all the time. A legendary coach leaves. Uh, the next guy goes eight and five once. Uh, he's ran out of town. And then there's some instability nobody, and everything fades. So I think you got to get this one right just for, for nothing else than kind of steadying the ship. Because if – if it, it, it does go ten and two, ten and two, eight and five, that's that's gonna be brutal. Like, you're, first of all, you're gone, but also, who knows what your LSU's and your Ole Misses and your Georgias and your Floridas and all the other SEC schools are looking like in three years. Um, it changes so fast, and unfortunately, or unfortunately for the rest of us, fortunately for them, Alabama hasn't really had to play that game. They don't like you. Don't quite get it yet. You're going to learn. Just look recently at what happened with USC. Pete Carroll leaves. They haven't even sniffed the dominance that they had when he was there. And that was, what, 19 years ago? 
ish. And the expectations were probably three quarters as high as they're going to be for the next right. Alabama. It's it, so that's the that's the difficulty here when you talk about it. So I think in the short term, you know, that whoever comes in here, what, the responsibility too with NIL and these boosters, they're going to have to make a pitch on their own here to keep these kids, not just the recruits coming in, but the ones on the roster. Like these are Saban's guys. They have, I mean, with the turnover from the staff, I mean, they're there because they're at Alabama because of Nick Saban. The development and getting to the NFL, the, the development they're going to be able to have under Nick Saban's two-legion coaching while at Alabama, the ability to grow as a man, the, whatever the you know whatever he was telling them in the recruiting pitch. You know, we're not there. Um, it worked. They, they had elite recruiting oh, classes under dropping jewelry on the table. That's all <laughs> yeah. he needed to do. The offer, the opportunity to compete, like they're gonna, ha- they're gonna have a tough deal here. I, I would not be shocked. Now we're also talking about Alabama team who's coming in fourth in the betting odds to, to win the championship next year. I gotta imagine that dips. It, I mean, you know, maybe you plug and play with someone else, right? But it's, it, I mean, yeah. I think there's, I think there's a, a edge here. Like they're kind of teetering, and I don't want to say complete disaster because it's Bama, and you don't want to put anything past them, but. Before Nick Saban arrived, let's not forget, they were not a successful program. Like, we think of them as a machine now. If they don't get this right, especially with how college football is now, ooh, Tyson, they, this, they could have a little bit of trouble here. And we'll, we'll know definitively in about 2027, right, 2028. So it's hard. Uh, it's going to be – they're going to be good for the next couple of years because they just have better players than everybody. Plus, by uh, the time we know, Brad, there'll be a new football subdivision anyways. True. That's a good point. So let's move here to close the next Alabama coach. Cause there's been a lot of names. Now Dan Lanning was the popular one. He came out with an awesome video, like a recruiting pitch. Like you said, no, I'm staying at Oregon. I think for what he built there, it makes sense. Like, why would you uproot immediately? You know, you have resources there. You have a stranglehold on that Northwest right now. Yes. It's not Alabama yet, but that's what you're trying to build. And you have a good program there. Other names, Dabo Sweeney, Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, uh, Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss is a popular one. Mike Norvell at Florida State. I see Kirby Smart. That seems crazy to me. I, yeah. But, you know, these are just names that people are throwing out. James Franklin at Penn State's been a name because he was at Vanderbilt before. Um, where When you listen to these, uh, Kalen DeBoer at Washington, that's another name getting floated around. Mike Vrabel, who was just let go by the Titans. <laughs> When you when you're listing these names, is there anything that jumps out to you that you're like, okay, I can see that work. I, I would see them leaving their current position to go to Alabama. Well, obviously, you start with Sark and Lane because they were at Alabama and they're familiar uh, with the program and those things. I was thinking to myself yesterday, like how poor of timing for the Alabama boosters when Sark now has been to the college football playoff and has built Texas into uh, a top team. And Lane Kiffin is going to start the year next year, probably sniffing the top five, if not in it uh, at Ole Miss, right? Like the two guys that you kind of Jimbo is gone, right? <laughs> like Jimbo's they're not hired Jimbo Fisher. Um, we don't know for sure if they've met with or who they've met with. Like we just keep, these are the guys they'd like to interview. One mm-hmm. guy, Brad, that I haven't seen mentioned a whole bunch, but I haven't been checking, you know, very, very, I hate, the reporting on it sucks. Like when Dan Lanning was in on a plane yesterday and then today he's not going. Um, Eli Drinkowitz, man. I like, I, I'm giving him a call. I like what he did at Missouri. Uh, the fact that to me, it seems relatively low risk, right? Because this isn't a, this is an up and coming head coach that already knows your recruiting area, um, has built a program in your conference uh, to heights that we didn't think it could reach, right? Culminating, what, they finished seven or something uh, this season. And then 
on on top of it, like if it doesn't work, nobody's gonna be mad at you for hiring Eli Drinkowitz if that doesn't work. But if you hire Lane Kiffin and that thing doesn't work, well, we told you it wasn't gonna work. If you hire Sark and it doesn't work, we told you that was never gonna work. If you promote from inside, there will be a riot. Oh uh, my god, in Tuscaloosa. So I I don't know. Um, how many guys, like you mentioned, want the job and how many guys uh, are feeling confident enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to do at least as good as, you know, Bray Bryant, which is a distant mm. second, which is a crazy thing to say. Yeah, and Eli's not – that's a good thought, right? Like at Missouri, like he's in the South. Now he was at Appalachian State. He's been recruiting the South for a while. And like you said, I mean, he recruited a really good class in 2024 at Missouri. They don't have even close to the same pedigree, same amount of money, same booster level, NIL money that Alabama has. So imagine what he does if he can take that program over. That's at least one to think about. That's interesting. I think I want to attack it from the names that are on the list here. I, I think Sarkeesian, that's an easy one to point to. If I'm him, why, if I'm, I'm replacing people at Texas that were failures. And I can build up. Like, they're happy that I just made it to the CFP. I'm going to leave this situation with the, a, a ton of money ton of opportunity my recruiting class is there my stranglehold on texas and then go to alabama and replace that guy like what's the benefit here like sure it'd be great like so you go from texas who's a top eight program to bama who's a number one the number one program okay sure but what what's the negative side of that if you fail there tyson that's your third head coaching job you failed at no for yeah. fourth right washington usc you left texas that's a burnt bridge and then bama if you get canned that's not a great look Mike Norvell's a hot name. I think that'd be a disaster. He's a, he's a, people are loving him now. And sure, he's done a good job at Florida State. He was on the hot seat a year and a half ago at Florida State. This is, they're getting hit. They're getting hit uh, with some sanctions for some NIL violations, I guess. So maybe that's like one small thing to monitor here. There's a lot of jumping ship and finger pointing when things go south. If they want to take a swing, I think Vrabel, but he has no connection there. He's an Ohio State guy. I'm not sure if that's something he's interested in going into college. I think he would crush it there. That guy in our room recruiting, I think it'd be a powerhouse. I think he'd bring a, a different style of mentality to the program while keeping it still a grinder. But I don't know if he wants to do the recruiting thing. I don't know if there's a connection that he has to Alabama that would make him leave the NFL because he's going to get an NFL job on this cycle. And then going through the rest of them, Tyson, I mean, Dabo's got 150% buyout if he wants to leave. Like, he's going to have to pay 150% of his contract. They're not paying for Dabo Swinney, man. Like, maybe three years ago if this happened, but not now. Lane Kiffin is the one that I think to really keep an eye on. I, You know, Nick and him, like, yes, it got a little frosty at points, but there's a respect there. There's a mutual understanding. I think the difficulty with handing the keys over to, to Lane is he has not recruited well at Ole Miss. Now, is that because of the demographic? It's because Ole Miss, maybe if it's at Alabama, it's different. It kind of recruits itself in a way compared to Ole Miss. Lane doesn't necessarily get on the recruiting trail. <laughs> so Nick would. Nick would go in the living rooms. Nick would be out there scouting. He had his thing. He, he wanted to be involved in recruiting, and it just hasn't quite happened for Lane there. But I do think that's a legit, that's a legit option for Alabama. I, I can't believe we're saying this five years removed. It's it's pretty funny. Also, I just can't if that happens or if Kalen DeBoer happens, which uh, we were talking, he's apparently doing a radio interview tomorrow morning in Washington. It'd be a weird place for him to announce he's going to Alabama. Uh, but the Bama fans will be pissed at the way the team is playing football. And I think that's a, a pretty drastic shift, right? Like you want Mike Norvell. That's cool. But you're also accustomed to 20 years of fantastic offensive lines. 
That wasn't the case at Florida State until this season when everything kind of clicked, right? And last year was one of the worst position groups uh, there is. So um, there's going to be drawbacks to all of these guys. For me, um, you know, I, I think they could do a lot better for themselves if they didn't pick the biggest name out of the hat. Any closing remarks you want to have? Anything you want to touch on before we get out of here? He's got to be on the cover of the new NCAA football video game, right? Oh, like, he's got to be. He's got to be. Like everyone was saying, they should do uh, all the athletes that they missed in like some sort of montage. I'm saying, no. I mean, it's ECA Sports, right? So we're going to get a goat mode for 300 bucks with Nick Saban on the cover. Um, but he's got to be on. <laughs> oh, so they used to do Madden on the cover of the original Maddens. Why not with the new edition of NCAA put Nick Saban on there? Nick Saban's college football. Give us a call, EA Sports. We'll make you money. all right well nick saban's retired we can't believe it like we're gonna have a ton of fallout from this based on who alabama is gonna hire if it's one of these top programs there's gonna be other replacements things like that so in the meantime stay tuned anything else we got coming on college football we got more nfl stuff for you fans out there as we preview super wildcard weekend like subscribe and share the show smash that like button on the way out and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything talk to you guys soon peace Thanks for listening to the I Said What I Said podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review the show so others find out about the show. We'll catch you on the next episode of I Said What I Said.